Welcome to the JACCP podcast. My name is Amy Heck Sheehan. I am a professor of pharmacy practice and director of postgraduate fellowship programs at Purdue University College of Pharmacy. My colleague Rob D. Domenico out of the University of Illinois at Chicago and I served as guest editors for a theme issue on postgraduate training in clinical pharmacy in this month's issue of the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. The response to our call for papers was remarkable. We received about 40 submissions and were able to publish 14 outstanding papers. The theme issue includes a collection of papers covering important topics such as residency expansion, diversity, equity, and inclusion in recruitment of our candidates, incorporating health equity and social determinants of health in our postgraduate training programs, job market perceptions of residency, graduates, as well as other contemporary issues. Today, I'm excited to highlight one of the submissions titled Postgraduate Pharmacy Fellowships, A Current State of Affairs by Dr. Abigail Elms and Dr. Jenny Jarrett, as well as a team of six additional authors. Thank you, Dr. Elms and Dr. Jarrett for representing your group and joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Excellent. So to begin, uh, Dr. Elms, can you explain the main differences between pharmacy residency training and postgraduate fellowship training, including some of the benefits of a fellowship program? Yeah, absolutely. So pharmacy residencies are focused on cultivating clinician leaders through clinical practice training in a health system. They are immersive experiences in a specific in specific clinical areas like critical care, cardiology, and infectious diseases. They're also accredited by ASHP to provide standardization and quality assurance. And being housed within a health system, there are many preceptors to learn from. Then in contrast, fellowship training is focused on research across different settings, uh, such as bench work, uh, pharmaceutical industry, and clinical practice. Fellowships are highly individualized experiences to the trainee and program, and they're more similar to an apprenticeship where trainees work closely with their program directors and colleagues within their research vein. They build research skills from generating hypotheses and forming research questions to implementing methodology and disseminating their scholarly work. Great, thank you. Dr. Jarrett, your article cites or alludes to the expansion in the breadth of postgraduate fellowships for pharmacy graduates. Can you explain some of the driving forces uh, behind this growth? And also, what are the main categories of fellowship opportunities? Of course, I think there are a few different driving forces that make this new expansion of postgraduate fellowships possible. Number one, I think, is the expansion of pharmaceutical practice across many different clinical and research settings, particularly in the pharmaceutical industry arena. Uh, there's lots of different places where pharmacists can build different types of skills to be useful and impactful in those ways. I think further, uh, the competitive nature of obtaining faculty roles within a college of pharmacy or a college of medicine uh, has become even more challenging. And so I think that 
potential trainees and hopeful faculty members are recognizing the need for more training uh, and experience, particularly related towards research and implementation sciences. It was really challenging as uh, our group was working on this manuscript and article about thinking about what some of the fellowship categories could be. And we went back and forth across all of us. And the categories we somewhat landed on were the industry realm, clinical practice fellowships, academia and education, managed care, and then organizational leadership. Now, many of these different categories that we defined in our article have a lot of overlap and potential domains that skills that can fit across either. Uh, but the category is really based on what is the research approach and focus versus the exact location and additional skills that you might have within. For example, the clinical practice fellowships, infectious disease is a one area that's pretty common to have these clinical practice fellowships. Uh, and they may be housed within a, a college of pharmacy and have overlaps where those fellows may have some skills in education and teaching. Uh, however, that's not the focus of their research. And so that's the differentiation somewhat with academia and education fellowships, which are probably newer, uh, and really focus on the scholarship of teaching and learning uh, and evaluating assessment me measures and curricula going forward. Great. As you noted, there's currently not a comprehensive fellowship database. Can you discuss some of the challenges that your team encountered in preparing this review and what resources are available to others wishing to find out about fellowship programs? Yeah, so like you mentioned, one of the major challenges was this lack of a comprehensive database. There are databases available through AMCP, IPHO, and ACCP. However, all three are voluntary listings and with limited information on the programs themselves. Um, and like, like Dr. Jarrett mentioned, uh, some programs overlapped across them. So we found this in particular with the AMCP and IPHO databases with programs such as health economics and outcomes research programs overlapping categorically. Another challenge we faced was really defining the categories, like was mentioned, um, of these fellowship programs. So historically, there really hasn't been a defined categorization of fellowship programs. So that's one task that we had to take on as we organized the piece. There was much discussion uh, amongst our author group, which did consist of both fellows and fellowship directors, as to how to categorize the programs. Now, after the categorization piece was completed, another big challenge was determining what was important to report to the readership because we knew we'd have candidates potentially interested in fellowship programs reading the piece, as well as program directors interested in additional perspectives regarding their programs and recruitment. Now, as far as resources available to others wishing to find out more, uh, we really found a gap in what's available, uh, which was essentially the reasoning for wanting to put this article together. I'd refer any interested parties to the IPHO, AMCP, and ACCP databases, and particularly individual program websites, which really do host valuable information. Of course, I would also recommend speaking with local faculty and fellowship alumni for their perspectives as well. Thank you. Your article provides a very nice summary in figure one of fellowship programs, strengths and opportunities for growth. Could you review a few of these for the listeners? 
Yeah, so I think a big strength of fellowship programs is that the trainee can develop vital skills that are translatable across work areas. So, for example, the graduates of a clinical practice fellowship and an academic fellowship may have focused on very different research veins within their programs, but the skills that they developed prepare them both to succeed in a faculty role, for example, if that was the goal of the trainee. Fellowships also provide really close mentorship with the director and others at the institution. So they provide opportunities for individualized learning and skill development, and also building your professional network. Also, depending on the program, some fellows may have the opportunity to earn advanced degrees, like an MBA or an MPH. Now, there is definitely opportunities for growth. Um, there's an opportunity to standardize what makes a program qualify as a fellowship, and that will really serve to provide quality assurance for directors and prospective candidates. And because there's no defined standards or accreditation requirements like those in place uh, for residencies, there's a potential for trainees not to be fully engaged in all aspects of their program. So programs should be designed primarily for the fellow's benefit rather than fulfilling a role at a lower cost. And fellows should really feel that they're a part of a larger program, be it the academic, pharmaceutical industry, or really any other entity. One thing program directors can do is implement activities like social outings or formally recognizing their trainees for their contributions to make sure fellows feel connected to the larger community. Because, of course, we want our fellows to feel valued and respected and that their training and well-being is uh, being prioritized. Finally, I think there's an opportunity for growth when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. While there are no data suggesting that postgraduate fellows are not diverse, uh, regardless, DEI matters should be broadly assured in program recruitment um, and conduct. So one thing institutions can do is ensure that Fellowship programs are included when presenting postgraduate training opportunities to students, and tips on how to stand out as a candidate should be conducted in an equitable manner to ensure equal access to opportunities that would improve their candidacy. Thank you. And thank you both, along with your team, for providing this very comprehensive and much-needed review on the current status of postgraduate fellowship programs. Do you have any final recommendations for how fellowship program directors can continue to improve their programs? I think there's a, a few different uh, recommendations that we can make. I think number one is again making the program somewhat trainer, tra excuse me, trainee centric, and so making sure that the program directors are utilizing individualized plans to really support the trainee growth over time and circling back at regular intervals to make sure that they're meeting those goals that the trainee has within their program. I think the other recommendation we can make for program directors would really be for continued engagement with organizations to support program transparency and quality assurance. One of those opportunities may be through the ACCP Fellowship Review Program, where we do have peer review service for fellowships programs to you know, really provide good quality feedback from program directors to ensure that their trainees are getting the best possible program and that they're meeting some standards that ACCP and guidelines that ACCP has set forth. I think further that the program directors can collaborate for standardization of recruitment timelines. This would really help to support that equity and attainment and recruitment for fellowship positions. 
Great. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. Well, thank you both very much for joining me today and for your contribution to the theme issue. As a reminder to our listeners, uh, the full text of this article can be found in the February 2023 JACCP theme issue on postgraduate training on the JACCP website. Thank you so much.